welcome back to the Elvis Crusaders show. A very warm welcome to your show, Elvis, and thank you for having me. Thank you very much. So, Elvis, what we're going to talk about today, you want to talk about the BBC and what's happening in Iran and last week's Dover. So maybe we'll start off with last week's Dover incidents. Yeah. So tell yeah, us what's happening. The, um, yeah. Um, hello to all, first of all, and I hope you are all well. Um, yeah, Saturday we went to Dover quite large number of people who could uh, afford coming um, and that was in uh, retaliation to what government uh, did few days before that in one day which was a disgrace it was a record-breaking basically number of um, illegal immigrants with 27 plus uh, rubber dinghies and uh, they came and the number of them were 419 they said 409 but uh, they they published it 419 where are these illegal immigrants getting the money to have these um, ribs and rubber dinghies like where are they getting the money and why are they well, fleeing France like what well, is going on in France that they have to to leave it that's right. Well, first of all, France actually helping them to come this way. They escorting them to the um, to the British Channel and um, our border. Literally helping them. Right? Why are they helping them? Why do the French like helping them clear? Is it because of Brexit? Is it? Uh... It is. It is. One of the things is because we got a bit of a conflict on the fishing issue that France literally is not happy about it and also um, because France uh, is literally full up you know and they can't cope with it so they send it this way right? and they're so all they mainly males young males um, yeah. and all Islamic young males which is quite yeah, strange yeah, yeah, yeah. that are they getting money off the French government? How are they affording to get these ribs across to go to the UK in the first place? Where is well, that money coming all, from? First of all, each of them, um, they, uh, even one of the videos, the guy is asking them, they said, uh, how much did you pay? And he said 2000 2000 Where are they getting that money from? These guys um, have been apparently paying £2,000 the human traffickers, um, smugglers, to actually bring them this side. So they do have money. If I mean, imagine two thousand pounds. If somebody's coming from the war zone, yeah, it's quite a lot of money. Absolutely. And most of them they shouldn't have, not even two thousand pennies. Yeah. Forget about pounds. And. It, it, it proves that they are not true refugees. And somebody is funding them because, I mean... Absolutely, yeah. And they come over with kind of iPhones and they're all males. I mean, in the yeah, media yeah. showing children and women, but that's so not true. I mean, and also the fact that they're just fleeing France, which seems really crazy. Again, the media is trying to say that they're running from war-tone countries, but they're actually just leaving France. They're in 
refugee camps or whatever in France and that's where they're leaving and the French Navy is apparently helping them get across the British Channel which is very strange what's yeah, all that about? escorting them just are helping them looking after them so make sure that they're not going to be in danger or something then but why allow them leave in the first place why wouldn't they just say why you know put your lives at risk um, and the French Navy helping them put their lives at risk and then blaming the British when they drown well I don't think their lives is at risk to be honest with you right because maybe not even one in a thousands of them you know sort of has ever you know they okay we had some fatalities but it wasn't as such yeah imagine uh, when they come here that is the most annoying thing that uh, the government while we were in the lockdown so this is what I'm, I'm later I'm going to talk about that this is all planned and this is the agenda really right that um, while we were in the lockdown, they put all these re so-called refugees in the four-star hotels. Yeah, I heard about that literally, already. Literally, majority of the hotels across the country, they were booked up already by the government, completely evacuated by, uh, from the previous uh, residents, and then they put the new refugees in there people who possibly grew up in a stables and never seen more than tent right now they live in a four-star hotel something they they possibly wouldn't even dream about it right four-star hotels they feed in them nicely even we had a case that they took him for a tour of stadium football stadium and then um, then later on, they took him for a treat of a fish and chips. Mm. Insane. Right? And what it is, this is the kind of, if you think about it, this is the advertisement. They basically, obviously, when they go back to their hotel, they're taking the pictures, or even during the trip, send, taking the pictures and sending to their families, to friends or people who are in France still remaining there, saying, look, we made it, and look what, how they're treating us. Four-star hotel, fish and chips, you know, tour of football stadium, and God knows maybe even they booked them for some uh, Thai massage as well. I don't know. That's crazy. But the, the crazy thing is that the British government really pushed, like, or Boris Johnson and Nigel Farage, they really pushed, oh, Brexit would all stop all these illegal immigrants. Yet you have Eastern European countries still in Europe, in the EU, um, and they are able to stop illegal immigrants. So Brexit really wasn't the answer at all. No, I was for Brexit. But you can see that, that you were sold a lie that it, it wasn't going to stop the immigrants because Boris Johnson and he was the main campaigner for Brexit is allowing them still coming in I mean I'm sure he would have been able to stop them by now yeah I mean uh, what it is obviously um, if I was um, Boris Johnson and if I was real if I was truly saying what I'm saying I would sack that woman that pretty Patel yeah, no, she's talking the talk, but she doesn't seem to be doing anything either. Yeah. yeah. And then, uh, you know, these things shouldn't happen. Yeah, I mean, no, because that's... When, you see, 
I do not accept what this government saying. While I see this time round, they taking them to four star hotels and treating them like a pampering them properly. Yeah, it's this even worse than when you are in the EU. I know officially you're still in the EU until December, yeah. or the negotiate, but it's actually worse than when it was in the EU. I mean, you wouldn't see any of this with Eastern European countries who are still in the EU. They don't do any of this. They don't even are allowed into the borders, although the EU totally pressurizing them and, you know, there's constant arguments with different um, Eastern European countries, but they will not allow it. They absolutely, totally refuse it. And the EU can't yeah. seem to do anything about it. So that's what really kind of concerns me because Boris Johnson got in and even got the big numbers of to vote for him on this thing. Brexit would solve everything. It would stop the migrant crisis. It would solve everything. And really, it hasn't changed anything. In fact, it's making it worse. They're putting them in four-star hotels. Yeah. Yeah. No, 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 it is definitely. This time, um, I mean, I, I can't see I mean, they're standing in our face and laughing at us. They're truly laughing at us and making a, making a mockery of all of us. Because previously, I don't remember if they put them in a four-star hotel. No. They booked the whole way. And guess what? The budget they put is more concerning, is more annoying and, you know, fur infuriate me. It's 10 billion. 10 billion, sorry, 4 billion, my apology, 4 billion pounds. Mm, I'd and say Ireland is doing similar things, but I mean, we still are in the EU and they're big fans, mostly Irish, of the EU. So, but, you know, it's definitely happening. The only countries that you can look at that are really standing up to this is Eastern Europeans. Um, Italy stood up to it as well because they were... There was so much crime in their countries that they decided that, that they were not doing it anymore and they literally backed off and said, no, we're not doing it. And Savini got in and he literally bulldozed loads of them out unless they were genuine refugees, which nobody has a problem with genuine refugees. But it's, you know, people who are coming in who are A, could be a danger, B, um, who are just into sponge off... Um, the social welfare system but it's mainly what really annoys people i suppose is that they're putting people's lives in danger by not knowing who these people are and allowing them to come out and then you have cases like in the united kingdom where they say about a million to three million children have been raped anyway continue on sorry so about after the dover then then um um what about what's happening with the bbc well yeah bbc today it's uh, very interesting already i can see a couple of guys that are already there kind of uh, preparing um it's starting at 10 o'clock about 10 minutes time and uh, for the first time this is very interesting i have heard uh, both left and the right groups they come in for the first time shoulder to shoulder fighting against the bbc it's very interesting. Not only, that's right, not only about the BBC policies and what they're doing, um, uh, some um, sort of issues like licensing and all that, because they re restated the, the TV license for the pensioners back again. Um, 
this is while um, basically people cutting off from the BBC and that started from a, a lot I think it was last year when Tommy Robinson revealed that uh, uh, thing about Panorama and the Panorama bus and uh, basically revealed what a dirty job they're doing and, and how they're wasting people's money on drink and things like that and enjoying themselves and uh, Tommy Robinson called it Panodrama and uh, that guy was later on the Panodrama guy he was Paul something called uh, I forgot his name um, he was sacked anyway and then um, literally the main issue now is about a statue that um, you can um, type you know kind of um, BBC sta uh, pedophilia uh, um, pedophile statue by Eric Gill yeah Eric Gill he was a sculptor and he apparently was a very filthy man he apparently um, uh, he got a uh, statue of this man old man with the beard um, actually holding a naked boy in front of him uh, which is clearly pedophilia and um, uh, the statues of Eric Gill across the globe was later on removed including there were some in Vatican they removed them all after they find out who he was and what was doing Disturbing. and BBC is uh, refusing to remove that statue Jill uh, had a um, um, had an uh, incentuous relationship with his sister mm. sexual relationship with two of his producent daughters and even his family dog Jesus he's right. quite a disturbed character a uh, very very disturbed character very uh, in incredibly sick right and what it is the BBC like to think a naked boy submissively learning to the raised leg of a wizard is simply a metaphor for broadcasting to the BBC original was a major British artist rather than a child and animal abuser so BBC is saying no 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 it wasn't such a thing he's he was a you know just a artist and all that and they saying why this is important they, and the guy says the, that I uh, believe that the BBC would gain some credibility with their uh, reputation if they were seen to act upon the image of a naked child created by uh, by a known pedophile it, it will show that they do not approve of the crime committed by their past stars Saville, King, Hall and Harris God there's an awful lot BBC is very yeah. corrupt I'd say RT is probably right. similar and show that they don't condone um, anybody who cares about the child abuse. So literally today, I think people gonna um, remove this statue or damage it or possibly, uh, I don't know, throw paint on it, whatever they gonna do. 
uh, that's one thing. But that's uh, good. It needs to happen. Also, sorry. That definitely needs to happen. That's quite shocking. I didn't know any of that story. Yeah, yeah. So I would uh, I would recommend you to go and uh, have have a look. Also, there is a sign of petition, signing the petition for this purpose. Um, if anybody gonna go and uh, have a look at this, uh, just say BBC Broadcasting House uh, statue of paedophile Eric Gill. I'm gonna so, have a look at that now after we do. Yes, um, the other yeah. thing is, what I would like to talk about is Iran. You were saying before, loads of people are turning into becoming yes. Christians now, which is a fascinating yes. story. So tell us a bit what's happening about Iran. Well, um, before Iran, actually, I start on Iran. Um, uh, uh, last week, uh, we, we had a quite a rough um, days in Sweden and Denmark, and that the Quran was burned in there. And today is on the news, is on the actually the RT showing that in Pakistan, Peshawar, they came up also for the reprinting of the. Uh, um, Charlie Hebdo. And, yeah, I saw that uh, they actually. Being happy, so you can see in France Charlie Hebdo uh, basically reprinting the cartoons in an uh, anniversary of last year, what people were killed, 12, 12 people were killed. And in Sweden, Koran is being burned. In Denmark, thing. It shows people are rising up, people truly waking up. We also. Um, sort of here we had a um, demonstration in Dover against the thing um, against these Im illegal immigrants so it was quite interesting and very active uh, weeks basically last one or two weeks across the globe especially in Europe uh, obviously America got their own um, sort of head news now um, what's happening there but um, that's Joe Biden, story. is it? So yeah, I mean the the right and left, uh, basically Black uh, Lives Matter in America, both of them been armed, and um, now everybody talking about the possibility of civil war. Um, Do you really but, think a civil war would break out in America? Yeah, yeah, it's, it's basically both of them they've been armed, and they saying this uh, arm cells been record breaking. Basically, um, it's been very, very. Um, hot market. Um, They're going to be ready for the election some. if that's right. Trump wins. There's going to be an outright kind of war on the yeah. streets. But I think even if Joe Biden wins, they'll have complete control then because he's just a little puppet. Um, so they will. There's going to be riots anyway. It's just without yeah. Trump, he's not going to call in the army. Um, Biden is not going to call in the army to stop the. The riots, but I think yeah, they'll continue on either way. So anyway, um, that's another thing there. But what was a, it was a news about Iran, which was very interesting. I heard, from, you know, during the last few years that Iranians literally leaving Islam, and one of them was that um, it was a report. Uh, that there, there are about 10,000 um, underground churches in Iran active and the Iranian government is panicking 
even putting pressure on the churches that they should give the uh, sort of list of their visitors who come into the churches. Oh, wow. So they got a list of names and also they asked that the services should be done according to every sect and religion and any uh, languages. For example, Armenian churches should be doing Armenian services, Assyrians, they should be doing Assyrian services by Aramaic and um, so on. So the Muslims wouldn't be basically coming in and understand what they're saying. Okay. Uh, they also closed some of the churches and um, kind of which wasn't very good at them at all and then um, it kept going up until recently I heard they said only last year nearly 2.5 million estimated uh, that um, Iranian Muslim Shia Muslim they left Islam and which was very hard to believe yeah but recently, yes in the um, in one of the sites called Iran International um, that, uh, it was an article that Iranians have lost their faith according to the survey and in this survey saying um, I'll read it for you according to a new poll Four decades after the establishment of the Islamic regime, only 32% of the population considered themselves Shia Muslim. Please um, note that it is very difficult when it comes to Islam to find out exactly how many uh, have left because although people are leaving, some of them they are not revealing their apostasy because it is a risk of death and death penalty. So please note that. But nevertheless, things come into a total utter mess. So 32% only, yes. wow. Yeah. So what's gonna the, happen now with the government? Are they gonna, you know, block all churches? Well, Are they gonna go crazy or what's the? Well, the, the thing is, no, looks like the, the more the number of them they're increasing, the, the less government can do anything about it because you see if there are a few people they might execute them but when it comes to thousands and more then what you want to do you want to you want to keep uh, executing thousands of people a day week month no you can't you see that that is something that it gets out of hand but let me read the rest of it. I mean, it's very interesting. This is, that was a survey recently done, very recently. Fascinating. Uh, the new poll by the group of ana analyzing the measuring attitude in Iran is uh, called Gaman, G-A-M-A-A-N, a, -A, -A non-profit institute in the Netherlands, asked Iranian about their attitude toward religion. 90% of the 50,000 Iranian participant in the survey survey resides in Iran Gaman claims that the result of the survey to be 95% accurate wow. generalizable to the entire Iranian society can you see this according to the results 78% of the Iranian believe in God but only 26% of them believe in the coming of Messiah, uh, their Messiah, mind you, Imam Mahdi called, yeah? 
which is one of the main beliefs of the tw uh, 12 of Shiites. Yeah? Uh, while only 32% of Iranians consider themselves Shia Muslim, 9% have claimed to be atheists and 22% do not align with any religion. Half of the population used to believe but does not anymore and 6% have converted to a new religion. Wow. And this is, <laughs> this is a very strong Shia country. Muslim, Shia Muslim country which was really hot I mean when I was there I, you know I, I remember how hot they were about the religion right so it's it's something really interesting I mean unbelievable for me to be honest so what's the next that's stage that they would have a Christian government or an atheist government would that be a secular government in Iran would that be a possible thing that could happen in the future Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, the the, the son of Shah of Iran. Actually, I met him twice in here, um, uh, privately. Uh, he is a secular. Uh, oh wow! Person. Yeah, he 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 he's even um, in advance. When was it? Last year, when it was a bit of an uprising, he uh, asked people that do not commit any uh, crime or do any killing of for example, governmental people or things, because what I have heard, which is very, I think, difficult to control that, if the uprising next time, uh, following about the fall of the regime, the Iranian um, Islamic regime, it would be very difficult for people to control themselves, because they've been under 42 years of severe oppression. Yeah. And they are exhausted. Literally, people are so upset, angry, and so suffered in these 42 years. Most of them, even, even they lost their beloved one. They were executed or, I don't know, secretly killed or something. They never find the bodies and things like that because of the political activity. You know, and what I have heard that one of the ladies, she was telling me she was an ex-communist basically by the way and um, she was living here in London she when I when she asked me will you come back to Iran I said no and how gonna come back to Islam and Muslim and things like that and she said you 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 haven't been there and you even don't know what's happening Islam is just the name remaining in Islam you know Islam doesn't exist and that was something like 10 years ago and uh, she said, people are saying, if the regime falls, they're not going to leave any trace of any mosque in the country. And every single lamppost is dedicated for um, Muslim priests, MPs, and the ministers. And they got basically governmental people. Can you see the level of anger? Every lamppost dedicated to hang one, one person in there. Wow. I mean, it would be fabulous if that happens. It really would. I know, hope that that does, that it turns around and that they get somebody in government who is secular or, you know, and that's the change that needs to happen, I suppose. And same as in Ireland. I mean, until, you know, the government has changed, we still kind of keep getting the same crap that we're always going to get. Imagine 60% out of 61%. That's almost 
99.9% do not serve their daily prayers. Literally, the, according to law of Islam, if you don't do your daily prayers, you're automatically out of Islam and you're an apostate. 68% of the participants believe that the religion must not be uh, be the basic of the legislation and 71% believe that religion, religious uh, institution must be self-funded and 42% believe that the uh, promoting uh, promoting any kind of religion uh, must be banned from the public uh, sphere. Wow. The result of the indicate that 73% of the population, 73% of the population disagree with the compulsory hijab, while 58% do not believe in hijab. Uh, Meanwhile, right actually on the side of the screen, I can see it says, Turkey plans to deport Iranian anti-mandatory anti hijab feminist refugee. So while they're saying we don't want a hijab, Turkey, who actually believes a secular country, they're they going to uh, uh, deport that lady who's basically uh, fighting against the compulsory hijab. She will, will she be executed when she gets back to Iran? That's right. Well, yeah, she definitely, yeah, because already she's a refugee also. So 37% of Iranian drink alcohol, 37% of Iranian drink alcohol regularly or occasionally, despite its prohibition after their revolution. Prohibition and price have deterred only 8% of Iranian from consuming alcohol. So, God, things are fantastically so changing in Iran. That's right. So, you can see Islam is failing badly and fast, faster than what you think. Except for in Turkey. I think Turkey is going to, you know, and that's why they want to deport her back as a, a lesson because they know she'll get executed. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, just very quickly and in the conclusion, because this is quite important to um, see. As you know, um, there's been also uh, lots of demonstration in London, Germany, and some other European countries against this lockdown because people have woken up and they know this is all nothing but a game. So this is a, a, an agenda. And just I want to finish it with this thing that is a, a kind of like a study about the hijab and mask. It says 2,300 years ago, long before Islam, Arabs discovered that forcing people to cover their nose and mouth broke their will and um, uh, sorry broke their will and individuality and depersonalized them, right? It made them submissive. That's that's why they imposed on every woman that uh, the mandatory use of fabric over her face. Then Islam, you see, that was before Islam, and now is basically Islam picking up this, right? Then Islam turned into um, into the women symbol of submission to Allah. The man owner of the harem and the king, modern 
um, and uh, sorry, and the king. Modern psychology explain it. Without the face, we do not exist as independent beings. The child looks in the mirror between the ages of two and three and is discovered as an independent being. The mask is the beginning of the deleting individuality. He who do not uh, know his history is condemned to repeat it. Absolutely. That was my <laughs> last uh, message So um, on this show. Again, that was fascinating, Elvis. Thank you so much. Well, thank you for letting me come on to your show. Uh, That's fascinating stuff. And it's true, you can really see a lot of um, Islam to do with this coronavirus, the non-alcohol selling and the mask. You know, it it is interesting how it's kind of, it does look very similar to Islam. But again, thank you so much for um, letting me on your show. (laughs) And next week... What are we talking about? Well, we're going to be talking about, uh, mainly we're going to be uh, talking about Islam and the effects and what's happening, um, basically, um, the effects on the European countries and on our daily lives and uh, how the Muslim playing game, basically. And I'm going to break it down to series of effects, like, for example, Islam and women, Islam and 